This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Braddon. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vons on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? Hey, buddy. <laughs> How you doing? Oh, man, I'm doing a lot better than Tim mm. Banks's defense, I'll tell you that. Uh, we watched the game together, Shane. We got I mean, we just got to yeah. jump right into it because this is like ripping a Band-Aid off for you. <laughs> you got to get to this topic, then we can move the hell on. But nobody and their mother, and probably not even Shane Beamer's mother, saw South Carolina beating Tennessee 63-38. to we had planned on doing some kind of emergency podcast. As soon as this happened, I knew Shay's going to get the hell out of here as quick as yep. he can. He did. We watched it in person. You've had many uh, hours to think about it. You drove all the way home, didn't even want to talk about it till now. Nope. So you've had nope. hours and hours to think about it, Shane. What do you think about Spencer Rattler, Heisman candidate here? Well, apparently South Carolina is the greatest show on turf, Mike. <laughs> I didn't realize I was signing up to watch someone else's offense. But, Mike, this one, I, you know, my hat's off for, for the Gamecock country. And, and, you know, there's a lot of fans. You know who you are. You gave up on these boys. I gave up on these boys. Uh, I, I sung their praises in the offseason. But after that Florida game, there was nothing in my mind that convinced me that there was any opportunity that South Carolina had a shot to beat the Tennessee Vols. The only thing that stood in the Tennessee Volunteers' way was their sales. And, buddy, I don't know if you – I mean, I've had, a, I've had a little time. This is We're still 24 hours out, man. So you're listening to the show on your Monday, and you're like, Shane, it's been 48 hours. What's going on? No, we record the day before, so it's still a little fresh. I haven't got on social media. I, I really have took some time off, and, and I'm trying not to rant and rave here, Mike, but that was the worst freaking performance I have ever seen from a defense, if you could call that. Uh, you know, it's, I, I was thinking on my way home, like we had offense and we had offensive. You know, it's spelled the same way. That's what our defense was. It was offensive to watch. I don't know if this was just ill-prepared or just we're just shitty. I, or South Carolina, I will say this. Spencer Rattler dialed in. Yep. Looked like a freaking Heisman candidate out there. Wasn't missing. He was anything he put up, he had an opportunity. He gave those boys an opportunity to make a player. In, in fact, some of the, the passes got dropped and they were spot on. And so again, my hat's off to Spencer Rattler. And, and you got South Carolina coming in here without two of their best players. You're, you're, so you're you're convincing yourself that this is just going to be an absolute bloodbath. People are talking, hey, this is going to be a sixty point game. I'm one of them, Mike. We got to win out. This we got two games, brother, two games against South Carolina and Vanderbilt, and we're walking into a college football playoff. 
All we got to do is put these two teams away. South Carolina, the 11th best offense in, in the SEC, brother. Think about that. There's only three teams worse than South Carolina, yet we allowed them 600 yards against us. This was just absolutely embarrassment, and it wasn't, I don't think, lack of athleticism. I think, I think Tennessee's got some athletes on the backside. This is just an ill-prepared program that had some turmoil coming into it. Apparently, we're going to jump into to why Banks wasn't here, and, 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 and it felt like this team just felt like they could come into Columbia, come, get a victory, put up some points, Pad some Heisman stats and move on to the next one. And South Carolina had a different plan. They had an absolute different plan. They beat the shit out of us, Mike. They didn't just beat us. They beat the freaking brakes off of us. I could not wait to turn this thing off. In fact, when Hendon Hooker, and again, we'll get to him here in a minute, fantastic person. I love Hendon. I love everything that, he's, that he stands for in his book, if you get an opportunity to buy the book. Uh, but towards ACL, went down on the turf, and when that happened and they called it a fumble, I said, Mike, it is not my cards to hang out in Nashville anymore. I could not wait to get out of that freaking town. Every time, you know, and I just got wore off. Like Vanderbilt, when I think of Vanderbilt, I always thought of uh, old numb nuts that used to be, that's at Penn State now. Uh-huh. James uh, Franklin? James Franklin. So that every time I think of Nashville, I always thought of him and anchor down and all that. And it, it just, and I finally got over it, Mike. And then finally I get to come down here, and now every time I hear Van, I'm sorry. Sorry, brother. I love you. I know you live down there, but every time I think of Nashville, I'm going to think of Shane Beamer doing his goofy-ass dance on the sideline, and he deserves it. He deserves it. South Carolina deserves it. Tennessee, this is worse than 2000. Somebody asked me, what's the worst uh, loss you've ever seen? Georgia Southern, absolutely, or Georgia State was terrible. But there wasn't high expectations in that one. I go back to 2001 when we beat Florida. A lot of people forget it was 9-11, so we played Florida at the end of the season. Nobody thought we could beat the Florida Gators. We go down there. We had an awesome game, have an awesome opportunity. All we got to do is beat LSU again. We already beat them earlier that season. Got to beat them again. They got a backup quarterback. We go from an SEC championship to a national championship, and this is three years removed from 1998. So I was on cloud nine thinking that this is going to happen, and guess what, Mike? This is exact same scenario. We just got to win out. Not, we just, we're not going against Alabama again. We're not going against Georgia again. We're going against South Carolina. We're going against the Gamecocks that, that got destroyed by the Florida Gators last week. And it doesn't matter. We, we, we dropped the ball. It's out. We don't, I don't give a shit. TCU goes. I don't care if, if Ohio State goes Michigan. Let them all go. I don't care because Tennessee will not be there and they don't deserve it. Yeah. All right, there's my rant. Sorry. Yeah, the whole rant, mostly Tennessee. So I want to ask you about Tennessee in just a minute. But let's give South Carolina some love here, Shane. Look at their drive chart to start the game. Touchdown, 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 touchdown. Three and out. That was impressive. Touchdown, 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 touchdown. Nine, what is that, nine touchdowns on the first ten possessions. Just incredible. It's like, uh, you know, you you made this comment to me. It's like we're watching – Josh Heupel's offense versus Josh Heupel's offense out here. And this is coming from the most embattled offensive coordinator in the SEC, maybe the country, Marcus Satterfield. Let's give him (laughs) credit for finding, you know, it's not like he unlocked something in Spencer Rattler. Rattler's always had this talent, but schemed up a good play. 30 of 37, Spencer Rattler was for 438 yards, six touchdowns, no interceptions. 12 different Gamecocks caught a pass 
Shane Juice Wells, 11 catches, 177 yards. Josh Van, two huge catches, 78 yards, two touchdowns. And Jaheim Bell, 82 rushing. He stepped up with some running backs out, two receiving touchdowns for Jaheim Bell. And how about, Shane, even maybe more disturbing than Tennessee's defense was Tennessee defenders talking trash after every day of first down they allowed. They got up and they were running their damn mouth. I don't know what in the hell that was all about, but Hey, this this comes down to the red zone, Shane. There's a there's a reason I cite the red zone on every one of these damn games. South Carolina, eight for eight in the red zone for 56 points. They got it done in the red area. Tennessee, not nearly as good. 24 points in the red zone on four trips. So, man, just complete and utter domination for South Carolina's offense. And you got to remember, this is an offense chain that got shut out last week in Gainesville. Yeah. All, the, their mm-hmm. only score was a special teams fake punt pass. So I don't know how in the hell anyone could have seen this coming. Not that South Carolina had no business winning, but the fashion in which they did dominate a top five team, most points ever given up by an AP top five team to an unranked opponent, Tennessee Vols. And I think I saw somewhere, Shane, where they said, I, I haven't verified this, but someone, I think it was SEC Network, said most points Tennessee has ever given up in the poll era. I mean, this of course it was just of course, Mike. We're breaking records. That's what we do. That's what the Tennessee Vols do. You know, first time we ever done this. First time we ever played like shit, and we did it. I it, it's just, <laughs> I ain't, I will say this, Mike. It was just, I don't know if they had a deal with the devil, but I have. <laughs> I don't know if Satterfield has just been playing the long game, you know, like, you know, I know I'm about to get fired, but listen, it's all for good because I'm going to take down a top five opponent here in Columbia. I don't, Does I don't this know keep what Satterfield was, employed? I mean, well, it, how can it not, Mike? Because this is me. If I'm Satterfield, you came in with this game knowing that you're going to have to open up your offense mm-hmm. and do shit you have not done in, in, in weeks past. You you knew that this was going to be some sort of a shootout and, and it's going to require you to, to throw down the field. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it was like a light bulb went off. When he seen Rattler just connecting on these 20, 30 yards. I mean, it's there's third and 20 plays, Mike. They're getting 30 yards off of, you know, like <laughs> here we get an opportunity. It's third and 20, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're going to give somebody wide open down the middle of the field. And it's yep. if this isn't an eye opener for Satterfield saying, wait a minute, I could have been doing this the whole freaking time. This is, this is what we've been telling you. There's weapons in South Carolina. A lot of people are just like blown away by some of these names and, and, and folks that they've seen down here. Mm-hmm. There's, there's athletes on this roster and they got to play. They got to play Saturday. It, it was almost like the, the, the kids gloves were taken off. You know, they're no longer in the shallow end. They're, they're in the deep end. And they, wait a minute, these kids can swim. Hell yeah, they can swim. And South Carolina, I I don't know what the spread is. I'm sure we're going to get to it here uh, with uh, Clemson right around the corner. But, buddy, if they continue to play like they did this Saturday, they can beat anybody, man. Yeah, and when it comes to Marcus Satterfield, though, Shane, i got to be honest, I think we got to see them against Clemson. Um, not saying they got to beat Clemson because that would be an upset, but, hell, uh, you know, if they revert back to the same old, same old, and, mm-hmm. you know, we got all these issues, then – one game does not make a career because we, we've seen him enough to know that uh, there's some bad tendencies in there and, and the offense, uh, you know, has struggled mightily for much of the season. So I'm not ready to, to say he is stays, but 
You know, Tennessee may have lost the battle, but won the war. If old Marcus Satterfield yeah. keeps his damn job, <laughs> but hey, you, you mentioned Hendon Hooker. Unfortunately, he did tear his ACL. That was confirmed by Tennessee, yeah. so he's out. He had three touchdowns. Hendon Hooker, twenty-five of forty-two, two forty-seven yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. They didn't lose this game because of Hendon Hooker, Shane. So I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want him to factor in what I'm about to ask you, but you know, I think. 100 out of 100 Tennessee fans, Shane. If I would have told you in the preseason, you're going to go 10 and 2, you're mm-hmm. going to beat Alabama, you're going to beat Florida. I think, like I said, 100 out of 100 would take it. But at the same time, Shane, maybe it's fair to say no one had an easier path to the college football playoff the final two weeks of the season, beat South Carolina, beat Vanderbilt. You more than likely would have punched your chance to the college football playoff. And it just seems like a massive, massive wasted opportunity. Are you more upset at that? Or are you still sitting here saying, well, 10 and two is possible new year, six day, all that, that could come with it could be still of a hell of a year. Are you, are you happy or are you disappointed by just the, the massive gut punch here at the end? Disappointed, man. (laughs) I mean, I think, you know, the answer to that one. And it's just a given, that that it and, and nothing against that's that's the thing I don't want to say it's just South Carolina because this isn't the same South Carolina I've seen the last three weeks. Mm-hmm. This is a this is a an eye opening experience if you're a Gamecock lover because there's the, it's almost I would be disappointed if I was South Carolina too. You know what I'm saying? Like there there's been plenty of games that if we would have played like this. We we'd be looking at a ten win season easily, you know. This yeah. they they've not been doing that, and 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 now we're we're second guessing, and then you come into this one. So as a Vol fan, you, this is put on a pedestal. This season is put on a pedestal. We beat freaking Alabama. But let me it's let me ask you this because this is something that I that was on my mind as I was thinking about this show. I'm just I'm emotional, Mike. I, I I'm. I'm trying. I'm trying not to. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying not to blame Tennessee. I'm not blaming the whole team. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to do that. I don't want to blame. We've had a great season up to this point, and, and I don't want to. I don't want to belittle, or, or I don't want to downplay what South Carolina did because what they did was special. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to take that away from them either. So, just keep that in mind. I'm. I'm, I'm trying to use my words appropriately here, but I am still. Man, it's still fresh. Still fresh. Let me put it to you like this, because this is kind of how I was putting it together in my head. I th- Certainly you can make the case. I, I don't think there's any doubt. This is the worst loss Josh Heupel has had as Tennessee's head coach. And at the same time, Shane, something that I have said the entire Josh Heupel era is we're getting away from the same old Vols, yeah. where you drop, you know, Games you shouldn't be dropping. You get just destroyed by better teams, uh, embarrassing results, on and on and on. We have completely gone away from that. But, and I'm not sitting here burying Hypel in his program, but this was a Butch Jones, Jeremy Pruitt, Derek Dooley type performance. Yeah. And they have got to to do whatever the hell they can to make sure this doesn't become a trend because uh this this felt like Tennessee of old we've seen the last couple of years. Mike, and that's that's what we've got to look at it like. A 10 and 2 season is very obtainable. 
you know, Vanderbilt, which we're going to get to them in a little bit, is playing pretty good here lately. Mm-hmm. So I can't 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 just mark that one in, but easily could be a ten and two season. And if you would have promised me that week one, Mike, I would have kissed you on the mouth. <laughs> I, I I wouldn't care who the losses are. I mean, it could have been. South Carolina and Vandy. I'd be like, you know what? I'll take it. You know what I'm saying? A win over Alabama. You know, that's just something we've not been able to celebrate in a long, long time. So I'm not, I don't want to pull away from how magical this season has been up to this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I just hate how it's ended, but you're right. This is not the old Tennessee balls. This is the Tennessee balls of the 90s, man. When, you know, you always had that opportunity to go to a, a national championship or an SEC championship as long as you played your cards right. You always had the athletes. You always had the ability. You know, it's been a long time. It's been over a decade. We're going into games just praying to God we don't get blown out by three or four scores like we did, you know. So, I, I, I'm not pulling away from this one. Um, I, I hate how it happened, but I still think as a Tennessee Vol fan, you've got to be you got to be happy with the progression that Hopel and company has made up to this point. You know, this is the first one, man. This is the first one that we're walking away like second-guessing some of the – and I've heard it. Everybody's talking about the defensive coordinators and the, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and the situation. This, yes, it's going to have that little asterisk by, by the loss. But, you know, how do we bounce back from here? Where do we go from here? If we beat Vanderbilt, we win a bowl game, we keep the recruits coming in, we're back on same page next year coming into uh, to week one. So I'm, I'm not – I'm not giving up on, on hop. We've got the right coach here in Tennessee. Uh, it's just unfortunate the the season didn't end uh, like we wanted to. Man, we were waiting for a Cinderella story, you know, and <laughs> we can't find that damn shoe, you know, <laughs> and things like that. And for those guys to to not listen to uh, no, not listen to anyone on the outside. We talked on Tuesday morning too. No disrespect that you guys don't get to write the story of this football team like. Every single person in here, I think, thought they knew how this game was going to go. Every person in here uh, thought, well, we've seen this story before, you know, how Carolina's going to finish. And we, it's a new Carolina, guys. You don't get to write the story. We write the story, and that's what our, we talked to our team about on Tuesday morning. They write the story of how this thing's going to finish. Everybody thinks they've seen this, read this book, seen this movie. They know how the chapter ends. Well, no, you don't, because um, – I know what that team's about in that locker room, and and um, so proud of them, and so happy for them as well. So I don't know. I can keep going for hours. Y'all got questions? I, I guess when you look at tonight and what Spencer did, I mean, what can you say about his performance tonight and what you saw from him as a quarterback? The guy that 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 he is. I mean, thirty of thirty. I didn't even realize that thirty of thirty-seven for four hundred thirty-eight yards and six touchdowns. Oh my God, um, he was on. You know. Uh, you talk about players and being in the zone. I mean, that guy was in the zone tonight. Sapp was in the zone with the way he was calling stuff. Uh, um, I mean, our whole mindset going into this game, Ben, was attack. We, we you weren't gonna you weren't gonna win this football game uh, punting on fourth down and not being aggressive. And the way that we coached the game offensively, the way we coached the game special teams wise, the calls that Clayton made was not sitting back and being passive like we wanted to dictate to them how this game was going to go and uh, Spencer did he was aggressive throwing the ball down the field 
And um, and then, you know, just defensively as well, obviously losing Nicky Memori was a huge loss early in the game. But how about Peyton Williams? I mean, we're sitting here trying to redshirt the kid and hadn't even played much this year. And then he goes in in an environment like that and plays his rear end off. So proud of him. Josh, the defensive effort, the passing yards, the third and fourth down conversions, did you sense that? Mm-hmm. I mean, no, I mean, they got big, strong, physical uh, wide outside on the outside. Um, I felt like we would have an opportunity to, to match up uh, out there. And, you know, we played man, we played zone. Um, you know, Tim tried to find a, an answer to it, and, and uh, at the end of the day, we didn't. Uh, the run game early in the football game in particular, um, you know, hit us with uh, a little bit of the wildcat, but we anticipated some of those things. The power read uh, got us a couple times early, but – um, at the end of the day, we didn't defend anything the way that uh, that you need to, and uh, you can't play in this league um, that way. Adam, we've asked about like going to Atlanta, the playoff, or any sort of that stuff. How do you approach the big picture, <coughs> with guys? About you have a game next week, you have a bowl left. That how are you approaching that with your guys? Yeah, uh, for for us and in, in this program, um, this one needs to hurt on the way back, and, and needs to hurt the. The guys that aren't on this trip that uh, will be in our building uh, tomorrow afternoon and, and uh, be there on Monday. Um, for us to grow as a program, um, you got to look at this opportunity and uh, you know understand you know what happened and, and uh, let it hurt and, and uh, remember that as you move forward and, and uh, let it help you help you grow. Well, hey, the best news you're going to hear all week, Shane. We're moving on from that one. Let's get to uh, Kentucky losing at home to Georgia, 16-6. to This was like some old man, old school <laughs> SEC football. You know, a cold weather, uh-huh. ugly game. Georgia had an opportunity to just smash Kentucky. But for the second week in a row, Shane, I mean, Georgia kind of cracked that door open for an opponent. They did it last week, Mississippi State, right before halftime, let them back in the game. They did it here, goal line, stuffed, could have went up 19-0. to That's a three-score mm-hmm. three game in my in my book, but they decided to go for it, got stuffed. And, you know, that, that was basically uh, a huge turning point in the game because Kentucky dominated from that point. They, they immediately mm-hmm. turned right around, scored a touchdown, missed on a two-point conversion, but drove down the field again. And then just one of the worst executed special teams you're ever going to see. Bad snap, <laughs> bad hold, god-awful kick, uh-huh. slam the door on Kentucky's chances in this ballgame. But once again, Shane, red zone issues come back to plague Georgia. They went to the red zone four different times. No, excuse me, five times. They came away with 16 points. So very few touchdowns in, in their red zone trips. That is going to kill you in a college football playoff game. Stetson Bennett, very average, despite what Gary Danielson had to say about him in this game. Had one of the worst interceptions I've seen all season. Of course, Will Levis had one of his own throwing a pick in the end zone that uh, could have been a game-defining play for Kentucky had they got something there. That was just a backbreaker. But, you know, credit Georgia – or excuse me, credit Kentucky, Shane, for for manning up and and showing – that they can mm-hmm. play with the Georgia Bulldogs. For some reason, they get up for the Georgia Bulldogs. If only they would have done that against Vanderbilt or Tennessee, they might have had a hell of a season here. But uh, Georgia did dominate on the ground. We got to give them that. 247 rushing yards, one touchdown, and they only allowed 89. 
Chris Rodriguez had only 51. So you, you stifle Kentucky on the ground. That's why they mm-hmm. only get six points in a ball game like this. What was your major takeaways from, from Georgia going on the road in, in one of the toughest matchups they've gotten this season? Well, I mean, I think this was big for Kentucky program. Will Levis, uh, you know, tweeted after this game, and, and I think it was a little bit of a wake-up call uh, for them, you know, because they were a little bit on a downward spiral. And I don't want to say – I don't want to take comfort in any, you know, moral victory here, but I, I think they they fought tough here, man. Yeah. That's the couple of goal line stands, like you mentioned, there was just a, a couple of opportunities that Georgia really could have started running away with this thing, and Kentucky didn't allow that. But there's also, Mike, a little confusion. Um, I feel like – I feel like Kirby and, 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 and the crew here, they just kind of – they change their script based on who they're playing sometimes, it feels like. It, it felt like, you know, the, if you're watching this game, okay, let's let's be competitive. Let's let's do let's do our defense thing and let's just pound the rock. Let's don't let's don't ask too much for Stetson. Mm-hmm. Let's don't ask too much for some of these playmakers. Let's just keep the let's keep it vanilla, keep it easy, keep everything in front of us. And and it felt like that's kind of what we had and and Georgia was maybe expecting to kind of run away with that formula. And when they weren't, you know, then they had to try to get a little creative on the backside of that. So, I don't know. That 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 part drives me nuts. And it's almost like they're trying to hide their playbook or something. I, I don't know if you got that same feel. But, you know, this is the same offense I saw, you know, against Tennessee. Well, apparently everybody's <laughs> offense is amazing against Tennessee, come to find out. But, you know what I'm saying? They didn't – they took shots. They stretched the field. They got vertical, and it really helped that running game. Something I was surprised they didn't even really attempt to do uh, during the Kentucky game until it just stayed close too long. Yeah. Well, also, I think you always got to factor in – Shane, that, uh, you know, Georgia is, is literally everybody's Super Bowl. Yeah. Now, they they don't got the talent of Georgia. That's why they lose more often than, than not when they face these Georgia Bulldogs. But everybody gets up for this ball game. Biggest home game. You know, anybody that gets to host Georgia, that's their, their premier home game. So, there's something said for that. Georgia's, you know, they've already locked up the East. They could have lost this one. They could have lost to Georgia Tech. They still probably would have went to the college football playoff. So I don't want to say motivation is a problem, but certainly motivation, bigger bigger emphasis, I would think, for Kentucky coming off that horrible Vanderbilt showing they had to prove that they are not the worst team in the SEC. And I certainly think they got that done here on Saturday. But they just don't have the firepower yet. Too many mistakes. Three of 11 on third downs. That'll kill you. And, and like I said, I, I pointed to Georgia's red zone issues. Kentucky had three red zone trips. Come away with six points. That ain't going to get it done. I understand Georgia's an elite, elite defense. But you have to cash in when they give you just three opportunities. You got to come away with some touchdowns down there. And had you done that, you probably would have won this football game. But how about this, Shane? This is pretty interesting. Well, um, Can I ask you real quick? Do you do you think it messes with confidence? I mean, you know, last week Stetson didn't have the greatest game against Mississippi State. A uh-huh. couple of ugly picks in that one as well, and and it felt like we were a little bit more conservative to this one. Do you think that was just game script, or do you think there was a little bit like, hey, let's just let's hold them back a little bit? You know, let's don't let's don't. I, I know we had that ugly pick during this game, but it just felt like we we were really conservative with our play calling. Right? Did you sense that, or did maybe? Or but I, just... I think on if if Georgia coaches were being honest, Shane, 
Yeah. They said if we get to 20 points, there, there's no chance we lose this game. Because mm. Kentucky can't score 20. That's probably the mindset yeah. they went going in with. Now, uh, they only got 16. But, again, <laughs> that was good enough. There was issues, though. Kentucky, again, they played they played well. Barry and Brown, 10 catches, 145 yards, a touchdown. He had his best mm-hmm. game as a Wildcat. And that's saying something because he's had some, some nice performances here. But – yeah, I mean, I, I see what you're saying. On the road, hostile environment, not really opening the playbook. And maybe it's a confidence issue, but maybe it's, you know, they saw that one Stetson Bennett interception. Again, it was awful. I mean, it literally yeah. was a punt with his arm. Uh, once you see that from your quarterback, maybe you sit here and say, let's let's pull the reins back a little bit. Let's just <laughs> go conservative. We can get this done. Let's not beat ourselves. And I think that was the game plan going into this one. They, but they're, but they, if you would have rolled them out, I mean, there was a real – we see Stroud. Mm-hmm. We've seen, um, you know, high, uh, hookers out. Mm-hmm. There's there's not a real just a standout candidate for a Heisman. And, and I know, you know, some, some people don't play for that. But, you know, that's something you could really sell on a recruiting trail. And Stetson had an opportunity to do it against Kentucky and Georgia Tech here. Yeah. Just close out these next two games, put some – some great stats up, you know, have an undefeated program, the only undefeated program in the SEC, right. real opportunity. And and I, I feel like he's going to get lost with some of these other names because he doesn't just stand out uh, here toward the tail end of this season. Well, I know Gary was trying. He was trying. He's to trying, man. I mean, he had the script, you know. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you can only talk about a sweet seven-yard sidearm pass so many times before it's like, dude, he's just throwing sideways. Come on. <laughs> Let me ask you this last thing on this one, though, Shane. This is pretty interesting. So, Kentucky got uh, a signed agreement with Mark Stoops on a contract extension. Uh-huh. It was That was revealed today, Sunday. We're recording on Sunday. But apparently he signed it the day before the Vanderbilt game. So they kept it quiet after the Vanderbilt loss. They kept it quiet after this loss. And then it got leaked to the local media. So how bad is that, though? I mean, you you sign someone and you don't even want to. They still haven't announced it or anything like that, even though Mm -hmm. they're signed documents. I don't know what that says. But but apparently Stoops is going to be making close to $9 million. Now, he makes more than John Calipari. Which uh, basketball school? I mean, we can now he can throw the contract in his face, but uh, apparently they've done away, Shane, with the you win seven games, you get an extension; you win, right. you win ten, you get an automatic two-year extension. So that was part of this gets more money, but less, uh, you know, locked into this this mega right. deal because he's going to win seven games basically every year from there on out. But it, it's just it's just fascinating to me, Shane, that this is like being kept under wraps after a, a two-game skid here. Yeah, I mean, there there probably there probably was a time. I mean, they planned on rolling this out after Vanderbilt. And, <laughs> exactly. You know, you, you, exactly. You want to get it out there, and, and um, because the recruiting thing, there's the rumor mill. There was right. a lot of talk. I mean, even the Auburn job you brought up once that he's and that's know, exactly lo- what I was going to say. His re- his yeah. representatives, I assume, is Jimmy Sexton, probably got his name out there, and now he's yeah. got an extension, and they want to get this out before the Auburn job is is official because uh, you know that's all this is exactly. I think it's good too, man. I, I'm I'm not trying to take anything away from Kentucky, but you got your guy, man. Mm-hmm. You really do, and 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 I think what Mark 
realize is 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 maybe with a little bit i don't know exactly the details but you know it's it's about that support staff and that's that's where he messed up this year i think Mm -hmm. and uh i think he gets it corrected here in the offseason so i'm not worried about kentucky and i i'm glad they gave him the money because there's there's not a lot of options out there right now for you Game time sidekick, Shane. This is one hell of a product here. Mm -hmm. Officially licensed NCAA gear, over 300 universities represented with tumblers, bottles, shaker cups, even sippy cups for the little ones. Yeah, come on. So head on over to GameTimeSidekicks.com, and don't forget to use that promo code HEYBUDDY, all one word, get 15% off your entire order over at GameTimeSidekicks.com, and... The listeners, if you want to take advantage of this, I mean, this is a perfect time. Yeah. Holloway, holiday season is right around the corner. You can find a link to Game Time Sidekicks in the show notes. And don't forget that promo code. Hey, buddy. The podcast is also brought to you by Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports, college football. Our favorite thing about Prize Picks, there's many daily fantasy sports options out there. But what we love about Prize Picks, college football selections also got nfl nba major league baseball every professional sport but only at prize picks can you get on these college football sec selections every week i'm on a heater picking you winners over at prize picks and right now with that promo code sec prize picks is willing to match your initial deposit up to 100 bucks for all new users gotta get over to prize picks and here's one of my other favorite things about it let's say you pick a parlay with three selections here at prize picks you get two of them right but you don't get the third normally you'll lose outright at prize picks they give you your money back for getting two out of three you can't beat it so head on over to prize picks and don't forget to use that promo code sec they'll match your initial deposit up to a hundred bucks and you can find a link to prize picks in the show notes Now, how about this one, Shane? Big time showing here for the Arkansas Razorbacks. 42, Ole Miss 27. And the score was not even as close as that, as that final would indicate, Shane. I mean, at <laughs> halftime, it was 35-6. to six. Tons of yards piled up by both teams in this one. But the difference, penalties killed Ole Miss. Anytime they had a touchdown or a big play called back by penalty, uh, Ole Miss fans, I'm sure there's some angry, angry emails sent into the SEC office because I'm not saying these were bad calls, but just any call is going to get you called it. These uh-huh. fans are going to be pissed. K.J. Jefferson just made an absolutely huge difference in this ball game, Shane. They forced a turnover on Ole Miss' first drive, and then they the offense, they go three and out right away, but then touchdown, 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 punt, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. They were just on fire. The battle of the SEC rusher, Shane Rocket Sanders, 232 mm-hmm. yards rushing, three touchdowns, both career highs, while Judkins, 214 and a touchdown. But even Zach Evans, Shane, throw him into the mix, 207 yards rushing and a touchdown. I have not looked this up, but this has got to be the only time in Ole Miss history they've had two 200-yard rushers and lost the football game. I mean, how is that even possible? I don't know. But K.J. Jefferson, like I said, came back 17 of 22, 168 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He's tough as hell, making people miss left and right. K. 
connecting with receivers. He he got Matt Landers for two touchdowns that were big in this ball game. KJ is just the heart and soul of this team, Shane. And, and with him, mm-hmm. this is what we've been trying to say. I mean, people pile on for this Arkansas love, but when he's firing on all cylinders, you just embarrassed a top fifteen team. Getting SEC night games at home also a factor. We're seeing that all across the league. Give Arkansas more home games, and we'll see more big results like this. But this was uh, this was just a complete domination from a team that a lot of people had written off. Yeah, and the again, I think that the important thing is the score. You got it. You got to put a little asterisk, man, because. This was this score was not close. I think it was like forty two six at one point. This was just an absolute beatdown, mm-hmm. and uh, it seemed like every time you looked up, Rocket Sanders was breaking loose for another <laughs> touchdown. So that's the Arkansas we signed up for, Mike. And I, I want to get ahead of this because there were some people in the mentions. Mike messed up on my score prediction. Oh, I predicted. Here we go. I, I, listen, listen. I, if you go back to the podcast prediction, I got a lot of them wrong, but this one I didn't. I said, well, I got the points wrong, but I did say that Arkansas was going to pull off the upset. Morristown haunted that thing. But when I sent over my picks to Mike, he put the old score in because I changed it that day. I just had a gut feeling. Mm-hmm. I had a gut feeling that Arkansas was due. So <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, so I did a lot of good things and I've done a lot of bad things. Mike, I, I also, and I don't want to recap Tennessee, but a lot of people have been saying, Shane, this, this loss is on you. you. You gave up on the Bama walks, and then look. And you know what? They're right. I made I made a deal with the football gods, and I didn't fulfill my end. So I want to apologize to the Vol Nation, and I want to apologize for the Arkansas Razorbacks for, for doubting you for a split second. I brought you back, though. You deserve this one. And you're right. There needs to be more night games down there. That place was freaking electric, and they're missing out on it. So, you know – some you gotta we gotta get this together we gotta we gotta rattle our we gotta fix it because Arkansas deserves nice things like other schools right now how about this though angle for Ole Miss Shane I mean here you were on a seemingly a, another historic season there's rampant speculation not just us but I mean everybody's talking Lane Kiffin to Auburn yeah even the players are are being asked about it after the game so clearly they're well aware. Kiffin doesn't want to go there when he could slam the door shut on it. Of course, coaches slam the door shut on stuff like that all the time, then they leave right. the following day. So, you know, it's not like he owes anybody anything. This is this is professional, uh, you know, a contract and everything. But, man, this really seems to be affecting the team, in my opinion, Shane. Once things went down against them, they just caved. And now we got a short week traveling back for – a game that is more meaningful than any other in that state, the Egg Bowl. Mm-hmm. Talk about big-time pressure. I don't know if there's huge pressure on Ole Miss to win it, but but if you drop it, this is a this is a disaster of a season after starting out as hot as you did. And for Mississippi State, we'll get to them in a moment, but you've dropped two Egg Bowls in a row. Pressure there. Man, I'm I'm just I'm already hyping up the Egg Bowl, Shay. That's the first SEC game next week, of course, on Thanksgiving. Cannot wait for that football game. But what what do you make of, of the storylines going into that one, Shay? With Ole Miss coming off a, a just a thrashing, and their coach maybe leaving at any moment as soon as the game's over, that that just does not favor Ole Miss, does it? No, we just we. 
I think not just us, but fans especially, they need a little bit of closure. Mm-hmm. And, and whether that's an extension or whether that's I'm taking the Auburn job or, um, you know, something, just just something, this kind of adrift in the ocean. And then we come out with a with a first-half performance like we saw this week. You cannot – you know, we've seen this. We've not – maybe not with Lane Kiffin, but we've seen it with other coaches. Got one foot out the door, you know, you start losing them. Prime example, Jimbo Fisher, Florida State fell apart when he was down there his final season. So, right. um, I, I just – I think that's what we need is just confirmation, you know, not not the game plan because that's what they're doing right now. There's a lot of backdoor dealings, and uh, they're going to try to get Lane Kiffin some money or get him something, you know, to either stay at Ole Miss for a few more years or, you know, lock him down indefinitely or get him a new job. But I, I think that's what we've got to hear. This is this rivalry week is a big week because this is when coaches get fired. This is when, you know, you, you start hearing the rumor mill fired up. And, and so I don't know. That's that's what I've got to see, you know, because there's a lot of players in limbo. And and if Lane leaves, don't be surprised that, you know, that flipmas that he that he talks about, brother, that transfer portal is going to be hopping down there in old Miss if 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 Lane's out of there. Right. Were you surprised that KJ was able to throw the ball that well early, given his injury? And is he a hundred percent now? Or what did you think? He looked pretty good, didn't he? he? Did. I was not surprised. Uh, he had he had no uh, medication or anything like that this week. Uh, uh, we made the decision last week because of the week before, you know, he hadn't practiced. And I think we just would have put him in that cycle of non-practice, give it up for the team. Not, And he would have done it. But uh, we felt like if we get him back and because our defense has been playing better uh, and because they're healthier as well too, um, we felt like we could come and maybe do what we did tonight. And uh, But – it was about his health too, but no, I wasn't because he's been throwing it really well in practice. Damn, Rocket obviously stole the show, but your first two scores, Landers made a couple of really nice catches, one in traffic, Man. the other over the shoulder. I mean, he got think? rocked on the first one, you know, he got hit. And then the second one where it was, you know, those are hard. Brad's probably caught a few whenever he's in college, but those are hard over the top and to the left. And uh, or bads, what I say, Brad, and uh, uh, those are hard to catch, and those were two great catches. Now, it was a great throw by KJ, well, both of them, but the one that was outside over the top that that's only him and nobody else. Do y'all see Landers make those kind of catches like behind closed doors, like during the week? Do we see him catch those kind of balls? Yeah, yeah, quite a bit. I mean, especially. I tell you, Landers has just gotten better over the second half of the season. You know, he's got a lot more confidence and and got a lot better. Same. I'm just smiling at my wife. I'm usually gloom and doom. I mean, the last two weeks. Obviously, getting off to the kind of start you guys got off to, was there any part of you that felt this team was distracted at all about all the stuff that was out there this week? Um, I don't know. I mean – you know, a lot of analytics about Alabama hangovers. Ask LSU that came in here last week. You know, whatever, scored 13 points against these guys. So, um, you know, maybe there was some of that. Um, but 
I think really we didn't play well on defense, obviously, and we did play well on offense in a lot of areas. We didn't finish drives and had three turnovers. But, you know, there was some good takes doing a lot of good things as well, too, to get 700 yards in the SEC game. Sounds weird to even say rushing for 460 yards and losing losing the game, but values and turnovers and you know not stopping on the other side. There, was, there were there were reports that Ole Miss extended you or presented you with a, a new terms of contract that kind of thing. Can you comment on that? Yeah, I'm not I'm not getting into that. I never do talk about that stuff. And I'm very happy here. I'm not happy right now. I have a doubt. I just really wanted to get to, you know, <clears throat> nine and two, and get to ten and two next week. So that's all I'm worried about. So very happy to be here. With very, very appreciative of leadership here and stuff they do to give us a chance to win. With the reports out there that you're Auburn's number one target, I know that's a lot of noise. But what does the future hold for you? What does the future hold for all this? Yeah, fair question. Like I said, I love being here. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't want to look to next year already with a game, regular season game, but this is not one of those years where you say, oh, we're going to lose all these guys. There's a lot of people coming back, a lot of new guys offensively, especially. Uh, so, very excited about the future. Um, so, I don't know all that stuff out there, number one and stuff. Maybe they maybe they watch the first half. It wouldn't be number one anymore. Well, hey, the last SEC matchup we had, Shane, we led with this team's victory last week because it was such a big deal. But now maybe we just got to get used to Vanderbilt winning conference football games, thirty-one twenty-four over the Florida Gators. Man, this is just the streaks, and you want to talk bad streaks, Shane? First mm -hmm. win for Vanderbilt over Florida in Nashville since nineteen eighty-eight. Florida had beaten Vanderbilt 30 out of 31 times heading into, uh, entering into this game. Vandy had lost 26 in a row in the SEC. Now they've won back-to-back. -back. And how about his players, Shane Clark Lee, post-game interview. They were kind enough not to dump him with the Gatorade bath till he was done <laughs> with the sideline reporter. I thought that was fantastic. But, man, at the end of the day, Shane, this one, not trying to take away anything from Vanderbilt because they earned this one. Oh, yeah. You cannot win games like this without earning it. But, my God, Shane, did Florida mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake. I, I saw our buddy Will Miles, friend of the show, he counted. This is unofficial. I haven't verified this. But he essentially said mistakes led to a 34 point swing in this ball game and it was only a seven point game so mistakes were huge florida muffin the the punt was the biggest one led to a an easy easy touchdown for vanderbilt with a long snapper fell on the ball uh anthony richardson keeping a play alive trying to make a heroic play and then it results in the most amazing interception i've ever seen by a vanderbilt defender and then you know this kind of sums up the game perfectly shane Florida had an opportunity late, one final throw, and Anthony Richardson just skyrockets the ball about 10 yards into the stands on a Hail Mary attempt that could have tied or mm. won the ball game. I mean, you got to at least give your guys a, a shot, but that is not something that happened with all these mistakes. Florida 
Billy Napier, his worst loss. And I get it, Shane. All the goodwill that he probably got from beating Texas A&M, from beating South Carolina, that's likely out the window because there's just no excuse. Florida should be competing for SEC and national championships, not losing to year two Vanderbilt coach. But having said all that, Shane, I see I see all the comments. Sunbelt Billy, Billy's in over his head. I'm not saying he's the next Kirby Smart, but Kirby Smart did lose to Vanderbilt at home his first year. So you you don't write a coach off after something like this. But man, you just you just basically can this can never happen again. I feel like it gives you pause, you know. But even Saban, what is it, Louisiana Monroe? Right. So I mean, we've all we've all got that that. That ugly girl we dated once, you know, that we've got. <laughs> that's what this one is. This, that's, but I, w- I will say, Mike, this was, a, this was a great game for Vanderbilt. Again, back-to-back SEC games, yeah. Kentucky, Florida. If I told you week one that, that, that Vandy wins two SEC games, you, you'd think I was crazy. But to win them back-to-back against those two teams, yeah. uh, I think that just shows you, again, progression, progression. It's nominal. It's not big. But it's one step, one step. And next thing you know, they're, they're, they're competing with teams in the SEC. That's what it's going to take to be uh, competitive in Nashville. they got to have this slow build. And, and they played awesome, man. They, they, played, they played great. They held the defense especially – blows my mind here you've got hunter and uh, uh etn can't even get 50 yards combined and, and last week it looks like they would have been able to run for 300 yards during this game right but uh it's it's just it was a team came to play and a team didn't and and you know kind of a similar thing for some of our programs here this weekend if you were ill-prepared man a lot of these programs made you pay for it yeah aside from all the miscues that was key to the game shane rushing vanderbilt 175 yards, Florida. I think I 40. said Hunter. I meant Johnson. Sorry, Florida. 45 rushing yards. That that's supposed to be Florida's bread and butter. You cannot yeah. rush for 45 yard against any SEC opponent. You're gonna lose a ball game, and you you nailed it, brother. Vanderbilt, two SEC wins. That's twice as many as Texas A&M. So, <laughs> oh my. Goodness, who in the oh, world could have man. seen that What the heck he's doing to you? They got a victory and you're still piling on them. Well, let's go right there next, Shane. 20-3 to three over UMass. Oh, wait, wait. We, we got to mention. We got to mention the fine. So, oh, after right. the game, Vandy slowly but politely made their way down to the football field. I think there was about 4,000 of them. <laughs> And they got hit with a $250,000 fine, you know? So I guess maybe they thought, well, when's the next time we're going to have an opportunity to do it to these guys? So let's lay it on them. <laughs> I think, um, no question, a ton of missed opportunities out there today. Um, you know, this is a simple game. Um, you know, I think our group knows what winning football looks like. We did not play winning football today, um, you know. You think about uh, the opportunities and the mistakes within the game. A couple red red zone opportunities early uh, made us kick field goals. We got six to show for some of that momentum we had early. Really made um, two turnovers in the game that led to 14 points. Uh, and we had way too many penalties in the game. Okay, and a handful of penalties that resulted uh, in first downs on third down 
in particular in the first half. Um, and then you got to give Vanderbilt some credit. They did some things today um, well. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of Florida beating Florida out there today. You know, and that's my job, you know, is to have the players ready to play. We did not do that today. A&M Shade did finally snap their lose. They had lost six in a row. Now they're on a winning streak of sorts here, Shane. 20-3 to over UMass. But don't get too excited over beating 1-10 UMass, Shane. Ugh. The score was 10-3 to at halftime. The score was 13-3 to in the fourth quarter. And had UMass had any kind of competent quarterback or, <laughs> or just individual player on offense, they may have won this game Shane I mean this was yeah this was ugly ugly football tweet of the weekend goes to you cousin Shane <laughs> Texas A&M home of the 12 men if you missed it there was literally about a hundred people in the hundred thousand plus stadium uh, that they had that's that's a horrible horrible sign I know the weather was was rough but it was mm -hmm. it was more about the performance on the field than anything else Shane Texas A&M had four turnovers in this ball game, you're lucky to survive games like that. And uh, I mean, there's not, there's just not much to take away other than this is just a train wreck of a season. Disaster, disaster. And I think you, you were right. Me and you were. We watched this. This. Oh my gosh, it was on the small TV, far away <laughs> in the corner, but it was on. And there was just no offense on either side, short of Wigman just running the ball. Yeah. Um, there was no pulse on that side. That felt bad. The fans, you know, that's the one thing that really stood out to me. Texas A&M fans have always been there, mm -hmm. have always been supportive, supportive, have, you know, and that's kind of like their saving grace. But when you're looking around an empty stadium, you know, that's that when it starts hitting the pocket, you know, that's when things get real. So I, I am kind of curious how, how that plays out. You know, we've, we keep saying it can't get any lower. They've got one game left. They're out of. They can't get to a. They can't get to a bowl, can they? No, no they're no, done. They're eliminated. Yeah. So, that. so I mean that that's their championship, and and I'm not convinced that they have an opportunity. Of course, we'll get into that one, but this was just again another terrible game that you never want to watch again. Right. I mean, the most entertaining thing, Shane. I, I hope everybody's seen this. If you're not. There, there was a and m fans with the waving the towels and they were it was kind of like a relay yeah. race running the the upper decks there was yeah. literally no one in the stands to stop these people they're just waving their towels running around like maniacs and that is all the entertainment we're getting in college station right now because it sure as hell is not coming from this offense led by jimbo fisher one other one shade late late game Saturday night, Death Valley, LSU mm -hmm. takes care of business, forty-one to ten over UAB. I got a kick out of out of people saying, "Oh, LSU sleepwalking or taking it easy, <laughs> seven to seven right out the gate." Is this going to be an interesting ball game? Hell no, because them Tigers shade <laughs> went on a thirty-four to three run to close the game. I mean, the offense, two hundred ninety-nine passing, two hundred sixty-six rushing. That's perfect balance there. Jaden Daniels, another outstanding performance 297 passing a touchdown 111 rushing at a touchdown Noah Kane three touchdowns on the ground Malik Neighbors had himself a day LSU 11 of 13 on third downs and six of seven in the red zone for 41 points again I, I realize UAB that's not how LSU judges themselves but in a day where contenders were being challenged were being threatened 
LSU quietly and efficiently just destroyed the competition, yep. marching a step closer to the SEC championship game, and just took, really took care of business. They really did, man. This game just ended 10 minutes ago, too, <laughs> Sunday. So, <laughs> really, really late one. I mean, there was nothing else to watch on TV uh, but this one, and it was not a ball game at all. Like you said, uh, Daniels and company, they just – they just did their job. It got a little interesting at first because there was that narrative, you know, like, oh, you know, it's been going around. It's been happening all weekend. So, and then LSU's like, nah, we're just going to go ahead and knock this one out. And that's exactly what they did. This was this was just a little box. This is a tune-up game. They got to get some of the starters out toward the end. Mm-hmm. This is exactly how you how you draw it up here, Mike. Yeah, Garrett Nussmeyer, it's always good to get to back up some reps here mm-hmm. in live action. They even got able to do that. Uh, speaking of taking care of business, Shane Auburn destroyed Western Kentucky 41-17. This game was actually tied up at halftime, Shane, 17 mm-hmm. all. Western Kentucky scored with six minutes left on essentially like a busted play. Really a poor job by Auburn. And I said to you, Shane, watch out, man. That could be the play that cost Auburn this game. That was terrible. And, boy, did I look like a damn fool because <laughs> Auburn went 24-0 in the second half for a, a dominating performance. Every Auburn drive shade was either a score or a three and out. So, it was the ultimate yeah. <laughs> boomer bust in this matchup. Tank Bigsby, 110 rushing, two touchdowns. Jarquez Hunter, 109 and a touchdown. Auburn got it done in the red zone, three of three for 17 points. And – you know, really, they just dominated the second half. When This was a game I was very concerned. They were going to be looking ahead to the Iron Bowl. I was afraid they'd get caught up in the emotions of beating A&M. Mm-hmm. But, man, they took care of business against a, a highly proli- prolific offense. Uh, and yeah. the defense, you know, maybe their best performance of the season. Well, that's what I took from it, Mike. Uh, this was, again, a, a very tough-fought ball game. And, and there's that a moment when I kept saying, you know, a lot of people forget who the coach is up there at Western Kentucky. You know, is uh, Helton used to be at Tennessee, and yeah. and I and I started wondering is this is this a name we're going to see floating around on some of these short lists here in the off season? And uh, they were playing the part; they were looking good. And um, what I love about Auburn though mm-hmm. was the adjustments, and especially on that defensive side of the ball when they came back out, it was like, okay, we're not playing with our food anymore. We're gonna, you know what I'm saying? And they just destroyed them. Interception, turnovers, you know, turnovers on downs. It was yeah. just, it's exactly how you drew it up. And then before you know it, this was not a ball game at all. Yeah. Well, speaking of not being a ball game, Shay Missouri took care of New Mexico State. 45-14 in a game that wasn't really even as close as that. This is another – we got all the Should've. freshmen mm-hmm. on the field and everything like that. Brady was cooking early. He was a rushing threat. He was completing fourth down passes. Luther Burden got him involved early, first touchdown of the game. He's out here hurtling defenders. Big 32-yard touchdown to the tight end right before half. And the only disappointment from this game, Shane – Missouri's D did not get that goose egg. I know. Like cousin I Shane felt predicted. it coming. <laughs> I kept saying, Mike, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. But they they let one slip away there. The late late third quarter, I think, uh, they finally got one on the board. But now this again, this is Missouri just not f- fumbling. You know what right. I'm saying? And it felt like there was some games during the season they they kind of. 
they didn't, you know, I think they'd like to have back. Mm -hmm. This one, they never, never left any doubt. They just went out there. They shut down that side of the ball. They made them extremely one-dimensional. And uh, and then the offense got to play a little bit. I know we had a little changing of the guard there with the coaching, the play calling, and and I think it was for the better because this offense was moving a little bit more efficient uh, Saturday. And what it sets up, Shane, if they beat Arkansas, not not a given by any means, but if they beat Arkansas, they punch their ticket to the postseason once yep. again. That's what you want to be playing for, if nothing else, at the end of the season. So a nice win here for Missouri. And, and real quick, Shane, before we move on to the next team, I just – I don't know if you saw this. I just want to get your reaction to it because apparently, you know, I've, I've seen big names discussing this. Charles Barkley, which, again, yeah. we all know Charles Barkley. I don't know how much mm-hmm. of an SEC football insider he is, but he clearly he's an Auburn legend. He, You know, he, he follows the game and everything. He went on a show on Friday. I think it was Next Round Live, big show out of Birmingham. He said there's an SEC firing, a surprise firing. So he's not talking Auburn. You know, this was this was just Friday. He said a surprise firing is coming, and the school that is going to do the firing is going after Deion Sanders. So, again, I don't know that this is true, but this was a next round live. That's, I mean, this is a legitimate show. Charles Barkley. I mean, I don't think he's out here making stuff up, but who knows? He he's just sharing what he's hearing. If so, so let's say he's a hundred percent right, Shane. Which again, I have no idea if he is. But if he is, who do you think he's talking about here? Because I got one off the top of my my mind, and I, I'm just curious if you got the same one. Mm, 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 mm. Uh, brother, I'm gonna go. Uh... I will go Mississippi State. Bingo. I mean, that's exactly Is that where, you're going? where I was going to say Mike Leach. Okay. So they get the big win here, 56-7. I mean, that, they're playing ETSU, though, so no one cares about that. They right. were efficient, but that just kind of puts in per- perspective. I was kind of hinting at this earlier. They've lost two Egg Bowls in a row. Ole Miss is stumbling into this ballgame. I realize it's in Oxford. They're going to have the home field advantage, but there's major, major pressure, Shane. Mississippi State, not that they're terrible by any means, but they did not live up to the hype. We've been hyping this team up all offseason <laughs> long. They didn't get it done for us. You beat Ole Miss, you kind of save that face a little bit here. Mm-hmm. I think they'd be 8-4, and four, if I'm not mistaken. If they, So that's a good year. I don't know you can fire yeah. Mike Leach after an 8-4 and four and you just win the Egg Bowl, but if they drop it, and he's lost all three of his Egg Bowls, and we got a new AD coming in here. I I don't know. I mean, this is complete speculation, but Deion Sanders, <laughs> Mississippi State, boy, that'd be wild, wouldn't it? Well, and also, I mean, you're you're talking about two campuses now that are two hours away from each other. Yeah. So I, I mean, you take. I know that we're we're looking at this from East Tennessee and, and uh, the entire SEC, but. When you're talking about Mississippi State that's been up and down and struggling and we need a sexy hire and all these names floating around, and then two hours down the road you've got, 
Jackson State, you know, that just that has landed the number one recruit in the entire country last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, that's got to be making waves down there and saying, why not us? Why don't we just bring them up here and let them do that in the SEC? Why let Dion leave the state and go to Auburn and coach when he could do that right here in Mississippi where he's been recruiting anyway and getting to know some of these local coaches because that's where he's been recruiting. So, yeah. Um, Nah, that's that's an interesting one, man, and I I've not thought about it, but now that you said it, it it would make it'd be a boy that'd be a fun hire, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh man, you know, just again, don't get me wrong, I love the pirate, I'm I'm rooting for him. Yeah. Um, you know, I think winning the Egg Bowl would save his job, but uh, if if things don't go right, man, I've got Dion right down the road. Exactly. So a lot of pressure on this Egg Bowl. Cannot wait. I did want to give a quick shout-out here. Emmanuel Forbes, Mississippi State DB. He had another pick six. That is his sixth for his career. That's the mm-hmm. most in SEC history. So credit Emmanuel Forbes. He's going to be playing in the NFL before long. Yeah. And then the final game shaved. Alabama beats Austin P 34-0. I'm not going to sit here and analyze this one, but – I will say, Shade, very, very, very few fans showed up for Alabama. Yeah. That's not that that's a huge red flag, but because it, it is Austin Peeves early game and all that, but disappointing. I mean, you, you got to support these guys. You know what? Yeah, I wish we were playing Austin P this week. <laughs> <laughs> We'd still be in the race, Mike. <laughs> all right, final thing here, Shade. We always like to hit on the point spreads. Yes. And we got some great games. Rivalry weekend in the SEC. So let's just go in order of the games here, Shane. The Egg Bowl, Mississippi State at Ole Miss. Point spread for that one. Uh, Give me Ole Miss minus four. Ooh, almost nailed it, Shane. Ole Miss minus three. And I think Damn, it's gonna be really this could be closer to a pick by kickoff. Yeah, my favorite game. One of my favorite games. Now, how about this one on Black Friday, Shane? Arkansas at Missouri, nationally televised. Arkansas at Missouri. Uh, give me, give me Arkansas minus six and a half. Man, you're close. Five for the Razorbacks. Okay. Well, man, listen how close these are, Mike. It's gonna be an awesome week. <laughs> now, also for the first time, I believe on Black Friday, this game normally on Saturday. Florida mm-hmm. at Florida State. So we'll get we're gonna have two SEC matchups on Friday. Who who's mm. favorite here? Florida at Florida State, you think? Well, naturally I'm gonna go with Florida. Bounce back minus minus three and a half. Florida State by nine. What are, what, what? Are they thinking? I mean what? The, you can't you can't tip, you can't give me I would not even favor them like you said, but Hell no. one or two Wink. at most, you know? Yeah, gonna have Winky and Wart Dunn down there. <laughs> What's going on? Huh? <laughs> Willie Taggart still coaching down there? <laughs> All right, how about this one? Say Georgia Tech at Georgia. Georgia Tech at Georgia. Oh man. Georgia minus 500. No, um, Georgia, I will say, they don't, they're not going to make it easy on them. Georgia minus 30, 28, 28. Oof, I mean 28. You had it the 31. first time. 33. Okay. Yeah, that's up there. I'm surprised. I guess if they had a more, maybe explosive offense, this would be closer to 40, don't you think? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> this is the, they're going to get the, the backups in early. Yeah, yeah. All right, how about this one, Shane? South Carolina at Clemson, red hot Gamecocks. 
Oh man, I'm I'm on, I'm on their page right now. They're they're going to favor Clemson, but they shouldn't. So give me Clemson minus two and a half. Well, we all know Beamer Ball. They're better as an underdog, saying they're a big one this weekend. Clemson favored by sixteen. Shit, that's sixteen. They're twenty one and a half. Is that's nothing? Nothing to them. <laughs> give me Gamecocks by fifty. <laughs> How about the Mayor's Cup, Shane? Louisville at Kentucky. I think I think it was a rally this week, Mike. So give me a Kentucky minus six. Three. How about that? Okay. Okay. Hey, still their favorite. Yeah. At least, you know, I'm saying that's good. Mm-hmm. I'll take it. How about the Iron Bowl, Shane? Auburn at Alabama. Oh, this, this is going to be a fun game, Mike. I still think they're going to give Alabama a lot of love, but I cannot wait for this one. Give me Alabama minus – 16 21 Ooh, no respect for the Cadillac. Come this, on. Man, now. this has got this has got upset against the spread oh, written all over it, doesn't it? Absolutely. Alabama don't even worry. What are they playing for? They're like Tennessee. <laughs> We're just yeah. <laughs> just playing for NIL contracts right now, so bunch of individuals running around. So how about LSU at Texas A&M? Oh, man. Give me LSU minus 13. Nine. That's that's surprising Ooh. to me. That's going to be tight, man. They think it's going to be tight. Wait, where's it at? At Texas A&M. Yeah, I mean, there's that. If they can get everybody. They, you know, they announced <laughs> 90,000 people at that thing, you know. I think they missed a digit there. <laughs> All right. Yeah, potentially the game of the week now in the SEC, mm-hmm. Shane. Final one on the board. Tennessee at Vanderbilt. Red Hot Vanderbilt. Mm. Vanderbilt, minus seven. (laughs) (laughs) I ain't even going to entertain this one. I don't even – I don't know. I'm so distraught. What do you got? Tennessee by 14. See, you know what I'm saying? 14 Vanderbilt. That's one week changes it. Yep. So, anyway, (laughs) put all your money. Put all your your prize pick monies on the Vandy side, you know, because they're going to have a billion yards rushing and passing. Everybody's offense looks good against us. But just listen, just, you know, take in those games I just said, Shane. So many great games. We do got two, maybe three with a lopsided point spread. But, hell, throw all that shit out. There was yeah. what I say th- this week. Unfortunately for you, Shane, it was Tennessee that came with it. But I said these home underdogs. There's gonna be an upset or two. There was. There's gonna be this weekend too. There always is yep. in rivalry weekend. Motivation, coaching changes, portal, recruiting. I mean, all these things are are swirling in the wind here. Man, cannot wait to eat some outstanding food and watch some outstanding football. Maybe the greatest week known to man. You know this what? This is it. This is it, Mike. This is this is it. There's some of you that will not get to watch your team play another game this year. Right. And you know who you are. You're not going to a bowl game. And even then, if some of your teams are going, you may not get to see some of your players go because mm-hmm. they're going to sit out and get ready for the NFL. This is the best best without a doubt the best week of college football and you you topple that with with thanksgiving and time with family and friends this is it's a magical time of the year and you need to soak it up you need to embrace it. it's like that roll when you get done you know with that yeast we just you just coming in you just clean up that gravy mike because you got to finish it up because football is going away 
football will not be here much longer, so you you better enjoy this final moments. And, uh, you know, anything can happen Saturday, man. Vandy may beat Tennessee. Auburn may beat Alabama. Ole Miss may go down to Mississippi State. There's so many ifs that could happen. Texas A&M, not going to a bowl game. But what if they knock off LSU? You know, that that's that's something you can hang your hats on. So yeah. a lot of close spreads. That's what I love. And this is this is rivalry week and uh I, I'm ready to I'm ready to soak it up, man. I'm I'm ready to not buckle my belt on my pants for the whole <laughs> weekend. You know what? That's right. I'm already thinking about it. I've been looking at the menu. Uh, mom sent me a thing. She says, who's going to bring the sweet potato casserole this year? And I said, hell, I'm going to bring it because I want it done right, Mike. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> All right, so, I'm looking forward to it. So we're going to have a heck of a week here. Close out the regular season, Shane, and who knows, bowl games, coaching changes, recruiting, all that portal talk. I mean, we mm-hmm. got a lot coming to the listeners of the show so just quick shout out just want to say thanks everybody for sticking with us for another season the best weekend of football coming up here but that is going to do it for this episode Uh of the show i appreciate you as always i appreciate you driving all the way down to nashville to watch a beating that we both saw yeah i know it's my last trip mike i want to (laughs) thank all the south carolina fans that stopped listening three weeks ago i just came back to hear shane whine about the refs or something you know because where was the holding penalties mike you know (laughs) it's just 12 steps i'm going through them too so no i'm looking forward hey you know what it's behind us it's it's over with it was a great season and uh we still got some more football left in the tank so i'm ready to see what happens and also i you know it's a it's a glimpse of what the programs are going to look like next year so i'm I'm absolutely ready for it and uh i think we're going to have some more noise some more upsets uh maybe even some firings after this game yep well brother that's gonna do it appreciate you as always we'll catch you on the next one all right see you guys Maybe next year. (laughs) Next year's our year, baby.